Welcome back to Podcast 17 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Icebreakers. Follow us on social media slash The Icebreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Shot Quality Bets. For 30% off Shot Quality, please visit Shot Quality Bets. Use the promo code ODDS23. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to support The Icebreakers and benefit from our plays Please visit theozbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any of our winning cappers to get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit theozbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. March Madness is here with the bigger tournaments about to start. And I'm going to go into some of the plays that I have made for this wonderful month of March. If you would like my premium plays, it is on sale. The rest of college basketball, just 150 bucks at theoddsbreakers.com. Any support for us is greatly appreciated. We are also bringing our March Madness contest back. NCAA Tournament Challenge, giving away 500 bucks to the top three finishers for free. Your entrance fee is completely free. All you need to do is write a five-star review on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Take a screenshot and send it to info at theozbreakers.com. If you already did that, just retweet the podcast. That's all we ask to get into our March Madness contest and qualify for a prize in the top three. We have a great show for you today because I'm going to be covering the conference tournaments and the big conferences that just came out. I was going to have Kyle Hunter on, but like me, him and his family are under the weather today, and I'm struggling a little bit myself. If you haven't noticed about my voice, I've been sick for quite a few days now. It actually got worse over the weekend. I think I got some sort of flu. But either way, I feel good enough to podcast and I'm going to power through because there is some value that I definitely want to talk about in college basketball. And without further ado, let's get right into these massive futures and conference tournaments. So if you're a listener of the Odds Breakers and listen last week, as you know, we already hit our first conference tournament future with... UNC Asheville we gave that out right after I got recording the Monday podcast and hit plus 260 on them to win their tournament. We haven't lost any yet, but some of the ones that are still live are our Hofstra at plus 180. It's now down to plus 150. We still have South Dakota State at about plus 400. The odds actually got worse on us. It's plus 450 currently. For South Dakota State. We also have Youngstown State going, and those odds went from plus 180 down to plus 150. Only four teams left in the Horizon League. And we have Gonzaga at minus 105, that is now at minus 145 to win the West Coast Conference Tournament, just down to four teams, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, BYU, and San Francisco. Had a little money line sprinkle. Actually, I wouldn't even call it a money line. It's a future bet. It's a future sprinkle on Loyola Marymount for a small amount for a quarter of a unit, but we're making that up with Gonzaga at the minus 105, minus 110, whatever you got to win the West Coast Tournament. They lost their first game to BYU. All right, starting with the Southland Conference, looks like a couple of the favorites are Texas A&M, Corpus Christi at plus 120, and Northwestern State at plus 180. Then the rest kind of filters down. Southeastern Louisiana plus 600, Nichols State plus 900. This conference will play in Lake Charles, 
Louisiana. There's only six teams left in this tournament, but the top two teams are very deserving. One's number 210 in Northwestern State on Ken Palm. And the next one would be Corpus Christi, who beat them in Northwestern State. Texas A&M Corpus Christi just beat them recently 83-75 to away. So in Northwestern, and that's why they are at plus 120. The rest of these teams are mostly in the 300s. I guess Southeastern Louisiana is still in it here, and they rank a little bit higher in the 247. But when they stepped up in competition, they got beat pretty well. So in my opinion, the top two teams are the deserved favorites, and I don't see a lot of value in the rest of this conference. The Big Sky Conference is next, played in Boise, Idaho. There are six teams left in this conference. Montana State, the clear favorite at minus 150, with Montana next at plus 400, and NAU at plus 700. Pretty uh, interesting how Northern Arizona just took out uh, Eastern Washington. So give them a lot of credit for that. It was a one-point win. But I think their their luck's going to run out here soon. Obviously, having to face the top team in Montana State. Uh, the problem with Montana State is they're far beyond the rest, ranking 109th on Ken Palm. You see, Eastern Washington at 124th was really the big threat. Now, I guess the last threat would be Montana here. Uh, being that they're 154th in Ken Palm, and they play some pretty good basketball. They won their last seven out of their last eight games, but their loss was at Montana State. If I was going to take a shot on this one, this is who it would be. It would be Montana, because Montana's odds are really not bad at all at the plus 400, and uh I'm going to consider this one, you know, coming in. Weber State isn't the team that they used to play uh, be, and uh, the rest, uh, Sacramento State and Idaho State, are pretty much going to be toast. So, going to take a look at Montana a little bit more at the plus 400. I'll give you a strong lean to Montana right now. The next conference is the Atlantic 10, where Dayton is the favorite. Dayton is plus 140 with VCU at plus 200. This is played at Brooklyn, New York. Um, the conference tournament starts tomorrow. Now, I'm sure there's buys for the top few of these seeds. As usual, the Atlantic 10 is actually a, a decent-sized conference. About 14 teams are in it right now. It's funny to see Loyola, Chicago, that just moved into the Atlantic 10 being the worst team or the worst odds right now to win the conference, being that how strong they used to be. But, you know, the rest of these teams are ranked a little bit higher. I mean, the problem with Massachusetts, you know, you remember good old uh, Frank Martin, the UMass coach. They were a very injured team. Now, they just still have no Noah Fernandez that played most of the minutes, scored probably their... Second best uh, in points, I would say. Actually, probably maybe even their best player. He's not coming back this season. But they did get a couple other guys back and had a nice little win at the end of the season against St. Bonaventure. I don't think they have a chance to win this. They have no offense, and they play fast. I'm going to be looking to fade Massachusetts uh, in this tournament for sure. Uh, is it going to be against Richmond, who's another bad team? that lost their last three games in a row? Probably not. <laughs> Richmond's a very bad team too, and I just think that the coaching advantage should be a little bit more with Frank Martin. I'll wait till the next round to be uh, attacking Massachusetts here from a, a fade perspective. Now, the best team, I think, in this conference isn't Dayton. I think the best team is VCU. They're both ranked almost equal on Ken Palm. Uh, VCU lost to Dayton at home, and that's why Dayton, I guess, is the favorite right now. But they also beat 
Dayton on the road. Um, I actually was on VCU from a money line parlay perspective, not this last Saturday, the Saturday before when they played St. Louis. That was a pretty easy win for them. They went to George Washington and took George Washington out pretty easily. Uh, I think VCU is the best, but the problem is you are not getting that good of odds. You're getting at plus 200. Well, if I wanted plus 200, I would guess a money line rollover for three games should be able to give you a little bit better than plus 200 in this situation. Also keep in mind that VCU is the number one seed. So well, you assume we play George Mason after they beat uh, St. Bonaventure, then they're going to be in the semifinals where they're going to probably play. Well, hopefully Dayton, because you're not going to get a good price on VCU unless they are actually playing Dayton. Dayton was the preseason favorite, but they definitely fell back a little bit uh, in the middle of the season down the stretch. You know, Dayton, they have a lot of losses in this conference play since December 10th. They lost to VCU. They lost to George Washington. They lost to Rhode Island. Lost to the Bonnings. Lost to George Mason. You know, just not the greatest uh, team when it comes from turnovers. 244th in turnover margin. That's not good. Just kind of average on the rebounding. They can't hit free throws. Right, ranking 285th in free throws. VCU is definitely the team that I'll be keying in on. They're not the greatest scoring team, only 137th in effective field goal, but they do play that defense, ranking 22nd in defensive efficiency, and I think defense is what's going to win this tournament. This is played at the Barclays Center in New York, so strong lean to VCU. Now to the ACC, where you have Duke at plus 290, Virginia at plus 300, Miami at plus 340, North Carolina at plus 650, Clemson plus 650, North Carolina State at plus 1200. I'm looking at all these on DraftKings. They seem to come out with the fastest odds, so I give them some props for doing that. Pittsburgh plus 1400, Virginia Tech plus 3000. I mean, if there's going to be a little bit more of a middle of the pack team that I would be on, it'd be Pittsburgh. Uh, they had a fantastic season, but I also think that they're in the dance anyway. You know, I don't think I'm not sure that Pittsburgh gets left out. They are 21 and 10. Positive record in the ACC. Pretty big wins versus Miami versus Virginia. NC State, they did beat Northwestern, which is a tournament team this year. North Carolina. So I think they did enough to get in anyway. But the best team in this conference is probably Duke. <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but I think Miami is just a smidgen right below them. And I would love to say that Miami has the value, but at plus 340, plus 330, that screams money line rollover because they're not going to be favored in any games minus maybe their first one. Let's take a look at their tournament bracket. They're probably going to be like minus 250, minus 300 versus the Syracuse versus Wake. And then they played Duke immediately. Miami's the number one seed, but Duke wasn't healthy during the season. And Duke has now gotten healthy. They have the talent, like with Roach finally playing all the games. Uh, Derek Whitehead is back. He missed stretches of the season, you know. Uh, Ryan Young was banged up early. You know, he doesn't play a ton. I guess he gets about a little over half the minutes, though. But it's really about Jeremy Roach. Yeah, Kyle uh, Filipowski, big center there, has improved his game down the stretch as well. So got to give him some credit. I, I think Duke is just a little bit better. But um, from a value perspective, I would say the more complete team would be Miami. Uh, Duke ranks number 64th on Ken Palm in offense. Miami ranks 13th. Miami has suffered on the defensive end of the ball some. I will say that. But heck, man, they're just putting up enough points to win in a lot of these games. And ranking 22nd in effective field goal percentage is, is pretty telling. Probably will be looking 
to do a money line rollover on uh, Miami, starting with a half a unit. Because as soon as the Duke victory happens, that you're hoping for anyway, they still might even be a dog in the finals against a Virginia. You know, Virginia is ranked very close to what they're ranked. I know they fell off the wagon a little bit, but uh, Virginia ranked uh, 34th, 36th on Ken Palm, while Miami is 37th. You know, so a money line rollover makes way more sense the fact that they most likely have to go through Duke. So that's what we're going to do for good old Miami. Before we leave the ACC, I want to mention North Carolina plus 650. Those are terrible odds for a team that only has one top win against a Virginia team in a big spot at the end here. North Carolina's odds should be 2,000. Plus 650 is ridiculous. You know, they have to play Louisville versus Boston College. Boston College, a little bit of a sneakier team. <laughs> you know, I, be, I, I'd be a little bit afraid of Boston College if I was North Carolina. But then they have to play Virginia. Virginia's better. Maybe North Carolina does get by them like they just beat them. But then they're going to have to play NC State versus Clemson. I, I would say it's going to be NC State, in my opinion. Maybe it's Clemson. Clemson actually finished really strong uh, three out of four wins. They got Syracuse, NC State, and Notre Dame. They did falter against Virginia a little bit. But, you know, North Carolina, at least on the easier side, they just have a lot of games to play to get to the end. One, two, three, four. You have to win four games in a row to win, plus 650. Terrible odds. You can get at least get... 12 to 15 to 1 on a money line rollover, maybe 20 to 1, as I mentioned uh, earlier. Books basically know that people will be on North Carolina because of their big run and the fact that they returned a ton of production last year. Now, I will say, I'm not super high in Virginia either right now. So, um, you know, North Carolina might be able to uh, sneak one by them. I, I would guess maybe a one and a half to two point dog versus Virginia. We'll see what happens with the ACC here definitely like Miami to make a case up top and I think that they could get by Duke just based on that powerful offense all right let's move on to the next one the Western Athletic Conference and this tournament is in Las Vegas and starts on March 7th Funny thing about this conference is that these teams are really spread out. You got teams all the way up in Seattle with Seattle. You have teams in Texas, you know, Sam Houston. Lots of them are in Utah. You have some in Arizona. It's just like more of a spread out, more of a travel type conference. Tarleton State, who's also in Texas. You know, I suppose speaking of Tarleton State, that would be the team I would look to. Now, the reason that is is because Utah Valley actually lost to Tarleton State when they played recently in February. It was on the road, but Utah Valley is the top team in this conference right now. Actually, the second team, Sam Houston, is the top team in this conference at plus 120. Utah Valley is at plus 170. At, at least with Tarleton, you're getting a team that ranks 160th on Ken Palm, so not the ter worst uh, number, and they're 20 to one at plus 2,000. You know, not a big difference between a Sam Houston or a Utah Valley and them via numbers. Also, when Tarleton State stepped up in competition because they do play some good. You know, decent defense, good adjusted efficiency. They turn the ball over a lot. You know, they beat, like I said, Utah Valley, Grand Canyon, UT Arlington. They have some pretty good wins um, on their resume. Not saying I'm definitely going to go with it. They do foul a lot, but this is starting today anyway. And at 20 to 1, that's the only thing I think worth on the board uh, taking a look at. Seattle wasn't the team that they were last year. You know, they lost three of the last five games. Uh, not a great road team, really, themselves. 
And speaking of road teams, one thing I did forget to mention on Miami, which was in my notes, they're the fourth best road team on Haslametrics for their away from home fingerprint. So keep that in mind as well for the ACC. Next conference is the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. It's Iona at minus 200. Sure, they could get knocked out. Who's it going to be? Maybe Siena, but Siena definitely got injured after they beat Iona a long time ago. Siena's got some other better guys down, like uh, Owens and Kellier. You know, both came out uh, earlier in January. They've really faltered since that's happened, and Siena has not been uh, the same Siena that used to win this conference. They're still ranked 203rd on Ken Palm, but they lost five games in a row here. You know, they're they're in a bad position here. They're playing Niagara on Thursday. Might be looking to fade them uh, against Niagara in this situation. The Big West Conference starts next in Henderson, Nevada, March 7th, 9th, and 11th. The Big West has UC Irvine plus 200, UC Santa Barbara plus 280, Cal State Fullerton at plus 500, Hawaii at plus 800. You know, the sad thing about Hawaii, very good at home, really bad away from home. UC Irving is definitely a proper favorite, in my opinion. They rank eighth against the two, good against near proximity situations. And if you look at Santa Barbara, that's where they score because they can't really shoot the three that well. Rank 148th and three, but their two-point percentage is very high. But they can't defend the three. So it's just like UC Irvine just kind of matches up well um, from a three-ball perspective and from defending the two. So I'll probably be on UC Irvine if they get a shot to play them later in the conference tournament. Now for the Mountain West. And... This is an interesting one because you have your obvious San Diego State at plus 150, but on DraftKings, Boise State is plus 340 and Utah State is plus 380. Now, Boise, I'm not sure if they threw in the title on Saturday night. I lost a bet on them plus four and a half. But Utah State is a darn good team, and they're still a bubble team coming into the NCAA tournament here. This one's played in Las Vegas. The reason I like Utah State a lot is I know they don't play a lot of great defense and they don't force a lot of turnovers, but they at least rebound the ball well on defense, ranking 32 in the nation. And that's what you got to do against San Diego State. San Diego State, not the greatest shooting team, 157th in effective field goal percentage. They play great defense, ranking 11th in efficiency. But, you know, like I said, their offense, they need to get those rebounds. And a tall team like Utah State, should be able to uh, pick some of those off. You know, you got Trevin Dorius at 7-1. You got Dan Aiken at 6-9. A couple other guys at 6-9 and 6-8. They're just very tall down low. Now, they did lose to San Diego State at home by two points. But San Diego State, like I said, amazing defense. If their offense doesn't get going, they could lose, just like they did at Boise State uh, about a week and a half ago on a Tuesday. So they're not that great of a way away from home team either. Lost to Arizona by 17, lost to Arkansas by four, lost to St. Mary's by seven. You know, I think they falter a little bit when they get away from their home. Not saying that Utah State is a great away team. But they're average. You know, I, I would take, I took the value with Utah State here because I think they have the biggest upside on offense. Hey, ninth in effective field goal percentage, 56.3%. You know that Utah State's going to come in full force here for the Mountain West tournament. So I like them at plus 380 for a half a unit. Next conference tournament, the Pac 12 played at T Mobile Arena. In Las Vegas, March 8th, it starts. UCLA, the favorite at plus 110. Arizona, plus 210. High-flying Arizona just got embarrassed at UCLA. USC, plus 800. Oregon, plus 1,200. Arizona State, plus 1,500. Forget them. Washington State at plus 1,800 now. Washington State was at 33-1 to or plus 3,300. One of our 
big handicappers in Will Hill gave out Washington State when they were still at that big number, and I think that affected the market a little bit. And there's a lot of sharp people on Washington State, and this thing went down. Here's a couple issues. UCLA just lost one of their better players. Second leading scorer, and I'm going to be monitoring it because he came back in a walking boot, in Jalen Clark. Okay, That is definitely worrisome to me. 13 points a game and six rebounds a game. I haven't gotten an update yet on uh, Jalen Clark. You spelled it J-A-Y-L-E-N. But I am certainly concerned. He landed very awkward with the dunk against Arizona. Then he lipped off. He put his hands on his head like something popped or something. No news, but it's <laughs> looking good. And now there's like threats that UCLA might get punished for it um, by removing the one seed. Joe Lunardi saying some stuff. I mean, that's a distraction as it is. But they shouldn't be plus 110 because of this. I think they step up big the first few games without them. But man, um, this could catch up to them. And who's the team that's going to get them? I mean, I, I would think Arizona, but I wouldn't sleep on Andy Enfield in UCLA or USC, right? You don't want to sleep on USC either. I mean, they're a fantastic team, always deep into March with Enfield as their coach. Took care of business against Arizona State at home, a, a bubble Arizona State team. So I would uh, continue to monitor that. USC beat UCLA as well. The clear issue with USC is you're only getting 8-1. to one. They are going to be dogs against Arizona. They got, they're on the Arizona side of the bracket. That's the tough part about it. I wish they could flip-flop with Oregon because I think they would have a puncher's chance against UCLA because they match up well. But you don't. So probably just going to be betting this tournament, if any bets, game by game next conference is the big east Creighton at plus 300 yukon plus 200 marquette plus 300 so clearly yukon's the favorite and they should be the favorite i suppose by the way that they finished great finish to the season they had a, some serious hiccups in january i mean from december 31st through january 25th they lost six games. They only won two games in that stretch. But then they kind of figured it out. But they figured it out against teams like Seton Hall, Providence, St. John's. They lost away to Creighton. Now, I took Creighton at plus 340. And I would definitely bet them again at plus 340. Plus 300 is starting to get closer. It's starting to get closer to where the money line rollover would make a little bit more sense with Creighton. But the thing about Creighton is if you look at where they're at on just Ken Palm, they're 12th. You know, 12th. UConn's four. The only game that they're going to be dogs is really UConn. Marquette's going to be probably a push. The big issue with Marquette is that they're on the side of UConn. I don't like that. Creighton's got Xavier, and Xavier can be tough. They're very offensive-oriented, not really defensive-oriented. I expect Zach Fremantle to be back. I'm thinking he's going to be probably back for this tournament. Nope, nope, says out for season. It said mid-March before, which we're getting closer to mid-March. No, I said early March before, actually. But they have a lot of injuries. Tandy's questionable. Kraft, mid-March. That's the one that was mid-March. Fremantle was early March. Kraft was mid-March. But either way, this Xavier team is kind of beat up. They don't have the defense, I don't think, to keep up with a Creighton. It's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. 
I would probably lean to the over without looking. But in general, in these tournament games, I lean to the under at least first half type unders. So because Creighton's on that side, you got to go with Creighton. I still think plus 300 is probably decent. They are going to be big favorites against Georgetown or Nova. Probably Nova, right? They'll be six, seven points against Nova. Let's just say minus 250. Then they're going to be favored against Xavier. Probably minus 175, 200 maybe. And then there'll be a slight dog against UConn. So, yeah, there the may be still a little value with the uh, plus 300. But it, it's right where money line rollover also makes sense with this team. Next, we're going to go to the SWAC. Grambling's plus 110. Alcorn plus 360. Southern University is plus 600 in Prairie View. Plus 850. I didn't bet the SWAC much at all this year. These are played in Birmingham, Alabama. What I would do if I was forced to bet is probably find a team in the mid-range like Southern University or Prairie View. I don't think Grambling is all that good. And I know that they're the highest one in Ken Palm at 173. They're on a tear, winning about nine in a row but this conference is really bad and when they went played on a neutral court against southern they they went to overtime that's not good so probably would look towards something in the middle if i was forced to bet it but i'm going to be passing on this one the MEAC conference is next Norfolk, Virginia is where this was going to be played starting on March 8th. NC Central's number one, plus 170. Norfolk State, plus 260. Howard, plus 300. Maryland Eastern Shore is plus 650. Morgan State, plus 2,000. So here's the thing. NC Central is not a clear favorite. They did win a bunch of games in a row, seven, to kind of give them the boost here, but the Maryland Eastern Shore was their best win by five points. I mean, if I was going to make a bet, it would have to be Howard, but plus 300, certainly not good as not as good as the money line rollover in this situation. All these teams have three games. So money line rollover for somebody that's going to be a dog while they're only plus 300. Yeah, absolutely. That's the only way I would approach it. I haven't bet this conference a lot this year, but I know that Howard at least beat NC Central. And they also beat Norfolk State twice, the second favorite. So there you go. It would be Howard or nothing in this situation for me. Norfolk State losing their last three out of four games. Real ugly for them. Next... We have the Big Ten. And unfortunately, the Big Ten is just riddled with mediocrity this year. Purdue sticks ahead of the rest because of Zach Eady. Zach Eady is better than the rest of the centers in this league and most of the centers, if not all of them, in all of college basketball. Now, they don't have a Jaden Ivey like they did last year. Right, Their next best guy scores 11.6 points a game in Fletcher Lawyer. Braden Smith, another guard, 10 points a game. Then it goes down to Mason Gillis at 6.3. Their three-point shooter is Gillis and Braden Smith. They're not hitting. It's all up to Edie. But Edie is just a massive man. Six or seven, four. It's funny, when he stands next to a 6'10 center, it's like a six-foot man standing next to Kobe Bryant, right? You look up, you're like, man, he's pretty tall. <laughs> a 6'10 center would look up to Zach Eady and think the same thing. A power forward that's 6'8 would look up to him 
like you're looking up to a power forward in the NBA. That's how big this man is. The interesting thing is how Northwestern became the two seed. I mean, there's only like three games that separates the 12 seed and the two seed. There's a bunch of teams tied for with eight losses coming into Saturday and Sunday, like seven or eight teams. It was either going to go from a two seed all the way down to playing on Thursday type situation, you know, absolutely unreal. Iowa could have got in, but they lost to Nebraska and they're a five seed now. Michigan had that overtime loss against Indiana. They would have probably flip-flopped and been the three seed or a four seed. They're the eight seed now. But that also goes to show you how this conference is. It lays out really good for one team. I believe Indiana is hot and cold. They're very beatable. They're not super deep on the bench like they were earlier in the season because of a couple guys that they lost. Now, they might be getting Xavier Johnson. Well, no, it says off for the season with him. So a lot of this stuff changed. Uh, looks like Geronimo is questionable. I mean, this team plays through Trace Jackson Davis, who's probably the second best center with apologies to Hunter Dickinson. I thought Hunter Dickinson would take a step forward, but he just seems to be the exact same skill as he was when he was a freshman, which is really good. He was an amazing freshman. But when you got Zach Eady there and Trace Jackson Davis, it's kind of tough. But at the same time, I mean, Michigan being an eight seed, They've been playing good ball. Rutgers with the Mawat Mag injuries killed them, but they played defense. I can pretty much pick apart all these Big Ten teams, but number six, Maryland, is just sitting in a really nice spot. They play the winner of Minnesota versus Nebraska. I think Nebraska might give them a run for their money, don't get me wrong, but then the winner of that gets Indiana. So Indiana is very susceptible. I mean, it's just six to one is what you're getting with Maryland. You know, 6.5 to one. Okay, it's seven to one now. I mean, definitely money line rollover. Of course, they'll be favorites the first game, but not against Indiana. So you get a big dog money line rollover price on that. And then Northwestern and Illinois, you'll be a slight favorite against them. A little bit. Bigger against Northwestern, maybe three points, right? And then you'll be a dog against Purdue. Yeah, I assume Purdue. Michigan State is interesting to me. They're number 28 on Ken Palm, and the reason they are is because they're very solid on offense and defense. They rank 36 on adjusted offensive efficiency, 37th on defense. So Michigan State's kind of interesting being that they're solid on both sides of the ball. But man, that like I said, that Purdue game's going to be brutal. I hate to say this, but Nebraska at 25,000, 250 to 1. Kind of interesting if you just kind of put them there, take a money line rollover on Maryland maybe the very first game. It's just kind of interesting. I'm not saying I'm doing it. But I I mean Maryland's got the easiest route and just odds that are bad. Maryland's plus 700 and Northwestern has one last game and they're plus 900. That's how, that's what they believe in Northwestern here. So hate to say it. It's kind of right. You know, they'll be dogs against the winner of Penn state, Illinois, as long as it's Illinois anyway. So I think Northwestern did enough damage getting into the big turn, uh, Big dance. You know, they they were great in the Big Ten, but they also have some serious shooting problems themselves. Bad adjusted efficiency. They're kind of like the Tennessee, in a way. Play a lot of defense. Don't shoot well at all. Get some rebounds. Of course, they don't have the record of Tennessee. Poor man's Tennessee. Anyways, I think Maryland's got the best path to play Purdue, where you can hedge out. Conference USA, I'm down on Florida Atlantic, but they're plus 150. 
UAB's plus 210. North Texas is plus 260. I want to fade Florida Atlantic, but I don't know against who. You know, UAB and North Texas have to play each other, unfortunately, in this situation. Be honest with you, wouldn't shock me if FAU didn't even get there. And imagine them stealing a bid from like a Michigan or a NC State, you know, or North Carolina, of course. Imagine them stealing a bid against an Oregon because FAU doesn't win their conference tournament. Now, will they steal a bid? I don't know. They didn't lose many games. They're number 27 on Ken Palm. I think they're in even if they lose this tournament, which makes this even more intriguing. The problem is North Texas and UAB, I think, are just as good as each other and probably slightly worse than FAU, if anything. But they're so close. UAB plus 210, North Texas plus 260. Going to pass on this one for now. But I will be looking to fade FAU. I do not think that FAU is a good away-from-home team. At least it doesn't show as well on Haslam Metrics away-from-home rankings. Next conference is the Big 12. And they finally moved Kansas up to the favorite at plus 275. I took Kansas at plus 340. Their odds were worse than Texas, and I think they're really close to Baylor's at plus 475 now. Baylor dropped a little, Kansas State plus 650, Iowa State plus 650, TCU plus 750. TCU's probably the most dangerous team, but I don't think they're overrated anymore. I think they're properly rated. That loss to Oklahoma was pretty brutal. Only winning against one in Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean, they were injured for a while, so you got to excuse those uh, four or five losses because Mike Miles missed uh, five games. Actually, really six. He got hurt in the beginning of the Mississippi State game, right? And so that, that they lost five of six without Mike Miles, but Mike Miles is such a beast. But at the same time, this is Kansas, man. Yeah, plus 340, I was happy to grab Kansas because who the heck are they going to be dogs against? They're right next to Texas on Ken Palm. Eight Texas, nine Kansas. Kansas usually gets the home court advantage here. Right? There's tons of people from Kansas that show up in Kansas City for this. I mean, it's like it's it they literally get a home court advantage. And they're gonna be favored pretty much the whole tournament. And if Texas doesn't even get there, then you get some just from that I mean even at plus 275 I think there's still a little value left Kansas is healthy they're the champs from last year they have two guys shooting over 40% from three point land Dewan Harris and Grady Dick you know pretty dang good Jalen Wilson can't forget about Jalen Wilson gonna be a lottery pick coming in so that's simple for me, being that those odds were so good. If I wasn't taking Kansas, I'd probably take TCU. TCU is on the side of Texas, but the problem with them, they're going to be pretty close to Kansas State with their very first game. You know, they're playing Kansas State, their very first game. They're probably going to be slight dogs. You do a money line rollover with TCU in this situation so there you have it kansas to bet and maybe do a money line rollover with tcu the american athletic conference <laughs> cincinnati 12 to 1 memphis 4.5 to 1 in houston minus 300 it's like these odds are the same thing over the last three or four years i know two lanes a little better now 22 to 1 wichita state 30 to 1 just forget it it's houston you know, I, I would have liked to have bet Cincinnati, but when they lost Finnessy, it just it ended their season pretty much. So, uh, nothing to say much about them. The SEC. Now, here's a conference that is 
like the Big Tens in the, in the fact that any of these teams can step up except for Vanderbilt. You know, Vanderbilt 40 to 1, Missouri 25 to 1, Arkansas 12 to 1, Auburn 12 to 1, Kentucky 4.5 to 1, Texas A&M 5 to 1, Tennessee 3 to 1, Alabama 1.5 to 1. Tennessee, I can't bet them without their well, two reasons. Rick Barnes for also first of all, Rick Barnes is terrible in March and they lost their point guard. You know, how are you supposed to bet them without Ziegler? So feel bad for Vols fans there. But what, who is it, Nick? Kentucky? They're so up and down. You never know what the hell is going to happen. They lost to St. Peter's last year in the tournament. You know, what the heck's going to happen with them? Texas A&M is kind of the interesting one to me at 5-1. to one. Um, It's just pretty much them versus Bama. They're lucky to beat Bama at home. Bama came back, you know. Bama's got a ton of distractions. They're untouchable. A&M's the two seed. What's weird about A&M is when they faced Kentucky earlier this year, they got beat pretty bad. You know, this is kind of Kentucky's uh, comeback game when that happened, when everyone was kind of, you know, down on Kentucky. The problem with this bracket, if you like AM, they drew the worst possible position for a two seed. Having to play the winner of the Arkansas Auburn game. Look how good Arkansas is. You know, they were hurt for a while. They're still somewhat hurt coming into this uh tournament here, but Muscleman is a great coach. I mean, I halfway expect them to beat Auburn and to play Texas A&M. Not even sure if number 10 Arkansas is going to be a dog against Texas A&M in this game. Arkansas is 19th on Ken Palm. Texas A&M is 24th. It's just a crazy situation. They did lose to Texas A&M away. I will say that, but that A&M lost away to them back in January 31st. You know, just a terrible draw for A&M. I mean, how good for Kentucky getting to six Vanderbilt without their best player in Liam Robbins? You know, how about that? The problem is Kentucky just lost to Vanderbilt. So let's see if they step it up in this uh, in this tournament. I don't know if uh, Severe Wheeler is supposed to come back. I don't think he is. But uh, they have a couple questionable guys. Wallace is questionable. For Kentucky. Carson Wallace did miss their last game. You know. He's one of their better scores. 11.7 points per game. 4.2 assists per game. So. He's important. He's their steals leader. I don't know what's going on with that. But because of everything I said here. And this is going to sound crazy to you. But this thousand to one, or I'm sorry, yes, thousand to one, one plus one hundred thousand on LSU is looking darn interesting to me right now. I mean, they get Georgia, of course you got to beat Georgia, but then they get the injured Vanderbilt team. That guess what? They just beat Vanderbilt at home, couldn't stop scoring. Good matchup. Maybe they get Kentucky a little bit hampered. Then LSU is sitting there in the quarterfinals at a thousand to one against most likely Texas A&M or Arkansas. Imagine being in that situation. In the quarterfinals, you can start hedging one thousand to one. <laughs> you know, I mean, you have to lay some minus seven hundred, minus one thousand type price most likely against Texas A&M. But the fact that they got there. Might drop the price a little bit, you know? And then, of course, after that, you're going to have probably a 100-to-1 type hedge against Alabama, meaning you're going to have to definitely put some units up to cover that bet. But what's wrong with a small little play on LSU at 100,000 plus 100,000, 1,000-to-1? I mean... That's the way this lines up. There's no value on Bama. Kentucky's just haphazard. Auburn, 
blows games, plays no defense. Arkansas is probably maybe the best value at plus 1,200, but they do play an extra game over Texas A&M. Yeah. It's Arkansas and maybe a little bit of LSU. Finally, the MAC is the last one I'm going to talk about. Kent State plus 160, Toledo plus 170, Akron plus 400, Ohio is plus 1100. Kent State was the best team in the MAC coming into season, and they are still probably the best team in the MAC. They had a really bad game against Ball State on February 21st, but for the most part, they won all their home games. They faltered a little bit away, though, and that's what worries me. At the same time, Akron lost their last three or four away games. You know, Toledo, Kent State, and Ohio, for God's sake. It's like none of these teams want to play away, but then you have Toledo, who won, what, 12 games in a row now? I think it's 13 games in a row. They haven't lost since January 10th against Kent State. Toledo's been on an absolute run. They're at the plus 170, almost Kent State's numbers at plus 160. Absolutely no value on betting them. But the money line rollover might be where it's at. I will say that as bad of a shooting team as Akron is, if Toledo can't score, their defense ranks 276 on Ken Palm. So that makes me want to lean... Akron a little bit more, even at plus 400, being that this is a tournament. And this tournament, I believe, is played in Detroit. Let me confirm. Uh, No, sorry, Cleveland. This is played in Cleveland. So there you have it, my friends. Well, I hope you got some value from this podcast. And the plays that we made, Creighton, Kansas, Utah State, little bit of tiny bit of LSU, Miami Moneyline rollover. And uh, still thinking about Arkansas, TCU, and, and uh, VCU. It looks like a Moneyline rollover itself. So those are kind of where we're at. Best of luck in your conference tournaments, my friends. We'll be checking back on Thursday and Friday for some big weekend plays. Enjoy the rest of your week and go get some winners.